Okay, do we go now? Yeah, let's, let's go. go. We're good. That's a, I think that's an E natural. No way, dude. No way. That's too low. That's it. Watch this. Watch this. Ready? I was a little flat. Okay. Okay, we're back. I'm Steve Peterson. Yep, we sit. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Speaking of geeking out. Speaking of geeking out. There we go. Uh, oh, and I'm Jack Hinkle. That's, yeah, that's my we name. we are really glad to be back here. <laughs> Getting off to a little crazy start, but we got all our technology going. What else? Yeah. We, we got this. We got this. It's a Tuesday, and uh, we're feeling good. We, we've started um, looking and interviewing, cultivating relationships for um, new voices in the podcast. Is that, that is that like our segue saying we're going to have a guest? Well, we are going to. I mean, that's part of our process is that we wanted to have guests. We do want to have guests. So, but that, that's just kind of what we've been talking with friends and colleagues. Yeah. Right? Putting out those feelers. Yep. Yep. Getting some um, good conversations in. And Jack and I are still in summer break. Jack, it is still summer. And we're still in the same practice room. It is still summer. Summer's winding down. It is T minus eight days until the first bell rings. T minus six days until we have to show, we get to show up. Because you always yeah, have a choice. You always have a choice. Yeah, we get to show up that, for yeah. our opening ceremonies at our uh, corporate school corporation. And T minus one day till we go to Cedar Point with the marching. The marching Minutemen have one more rehearsal tonight. Then we take the show on the road, and then we march a modest parade in downtown Cedar Point amusement park. And then the students have hours and hours to play in the park. And we get we take attendance really early. Then we get back really late at night. It's usually a good time for the kids. Mm -hmm. They ride a lot of rides. They always come back to the buses with like huge prizes. Oh my gosh. Ride. It is kind of like a, a photo gallery of like what's going on. It is. It, it, I, the stuffed animals keep getting bigger yeah. every year. And they have to ride a school bus, which that animal takes up a seat and a half. So that's kind of funny. And they always come back with some kind of glow stuff and you know. That's true. And uh, going to Starbucks five times and right, yeah. So and, and I'm not I'm not a roller coaster person. No, the kids know this and they try and get me every time to ride something. Have you ever ridden a roller coaster? I have. I rode the I rode the Iron Dragon, which is like the little baby one at Cedar Point, and that was like I tapped out at that. But then my friends got me to go on that Skyhawk, like the big. Swing. Oh, you went on that? I know. They're like Jack. It's fine. It's like a nice breeze. And wait, like. Adult friends or like students? High school. Oh. When I was in high school, they got me to ride that. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. It was, and the the locks or whatever yeah. like aren't they're secure but not that secure because you can like wiggle around in there yeah. and they take you past. I mean, it's a giant swing, and they take you past ninety degrees, and so you're like looking, looking backwards. Yeah, at your death. Yes, yeah. possible death. Yeah, that's those are scary. But I thought maybe with your getting through flying when we went to Hollywood with the marching band, I thought maybe that um, sensation that you've conquered that would maybe allow you to look at a couple rides tomorrow. Different 
different, different things. Different. I don't like the feeling. So if you need me tomorrow, I'll be at the Starbucks pretty much all day. All day. You're taking your work stuff. Taking my yeah, I'll camp out and get some stuff done. But that's kind of one of our our goals as the as the staff is once we are finished with the parade is like a hunt for air conditioning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's and like unlimited iced tea. Yeah, you that's know, that's what whatever. you do. And just um, get in the shade, you know. Go around. I'll go get a couple of orders of Dippin' Dots. It's usually my vice, and it's nice. And um, you gonna ride? Yeah, I'll ride a couple. I, it seems like lately, like the last few years, my head just feels more scrambled than it used to. And you're like, just in general, just you're like Steve. Your head is always <laughs> scrambled, but it just it does feel a little scrambled, like spinning around. But I do like the sensation of the weightlessness and the G forces. I do like that. I don't like how my head feels when I'm done with it. Got it. So if you could just be on the roller coaster constantly, right, and not have to go back to real life. Yeah, okay. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, see what the lines are like tomorrow. So that's what we're doing. And then Thursday we do our photo with the band. Yep. Friday rehearsal. Saturday and Sunday off. Monday school. Teacher half day, day of school. Yep. And then band at night. And then Tuesday is an all day in service day for teachers. And then Wednesday, boop, 820. 7.45. 7.45 at the yeah. junior high, 8.20 at the high school, and we start another year. Year seven for me. You're 30. Dang. 26 at Concord, but 30. 30 years of teaching. This will be my 30th. Maybe you'll finally figure it out by now. I'm hoping that this podcast <laughs> really gets going. So we're, I think we're talking about being geeks today. Yes, I find that very easy. Which is myself, kind of funny because like the band world, you know, band geeks is kind of like a popular That's true. That's meme like... or a popular high school impression of the band. Band geeks. Although in since time has gone on, the word like geek has kind of become a little more like affectionate and like like uh, you know I was like, I was kind of like a geek like it's a cool thing to be a geek. Yes. Maybe I just tell myself that I don't really know. You just keep on telling yourself, I will. Jack. But it, the the idea of geeking out is like or being a geek is like um, study yeah, and, right. and diving Learn. into yeah. something and learning more about it and like being excited about that part of your brain. Were you a geek in high school? No. Was I? <laughs> I think you were As my but, former teacher. Um, I think I, you were a geek. Yeah, I think you were a geek in high school, but you I camouflaged it well with having a lot of friends and having a social life. But I think that's a kind of way to say that. Okay. I think you had, yeah, you had geekism going on. Yeah, you you got into it. I mean, you you got into the your classes. Obviously, took your studies very seriously. Doesn't mean you're a geek if you do that, but. And then you you kind of went above and beyond with some of your AP classes, and then then you also started writing music and ensembles for you know your different groups that you were in, and right. I just really liked band. Um, <laughs> you were so pushing good at my band, <laughs> pushing my imaginary imaginary glasses up. Yeah, geeking out. Um, and this we we talked about this maybe in the first episode. We did. Um, as and this is like a big part of of. Loving your content, knowing your content, and we've we've spent the last few episodes more in the knowing teaching, loving teaching, knowing students, loving students, and we kind of wanted to take a take a dive mm-hmm. in in loving your content, knowing your content, but also showing your students that 
your content is lovable. And it matters. And it matters. And it has a place in our life. And and this is, again, not just for the, the music teachers. This is for all academic teachers. Yeah, and it could be for somebody running a plant, like best systems, right? Most Best efficiency. Correct. Or best... Um, yeah, f- flow or the workspace or organizing a warehouse or or supplying. having like an understanding of the of the why we're doing what yes. we're doing. Yes. We say we have it easy because we're music teachers, right? And well, we do have it easy. Mm-hmm. I do. I do think so because yes. it is it is easy, easy to love music. But this is this is achievable for anybody because you're you've done your career your content whatever for x number of years and there is a reason beyond the finances beyond the necessities that you're sticking around with yeah. and there is something that you can display to people who are in your circle in that discipline that makes that attractive and that's something that we want to be aware of that we want to continue doing when we work with our with our kids and we want to show that off Yes. So I was thinking about this today that we talk about in teaching that we teach kids in our vehicle is music. Mm-hmm. The content is the vehicle. The content's the vehicle. Right? The right. content's the vehicle. So if you're doing something you don't care about, it's like you're driving your dad's old like Honda Civic from mm-hmm. 1988 or whatever. Which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because it'll get you from A to B, right. which is the end goal. And, and this is teaching, right? So we're taking kids from A to B. But when you love your content and you your kids love your content, that's like driving a uh, yeah. 2019 RAV4. White. White yeah. with slight paint scrapes in the right. uh, back left. I just described but my own car for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> it's a macho car. It is. But it is. But that must be hard to teach, though, if you don't like or love your content. I would think so. And it must be hard to have a job where you don't believe in the product. Drop the mic. Uh-oh. That was good. I, I would think it is hard to have a and job. And I think like maybe that. that leads to burnout. Among probably many other negative things, right? Yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't feel like you're on it with a sense of mission. No, you're just or, going through the motions. Oh boy, that would be. Thank God, I don't think I've ever been in a job like that. I mean, I've had some summer jobs that I knew were finite, you know, and that I knew when I went back to college those would end, and those were different kind of physical labor jobs, but. But you've been in teaching your whole professional career. You've right. never had any other gigs. I same for me. And you're you're right. I can't. I mean, that would be. No, <laughs> we just lost like five of our listeners because they're like, okay, I'm out. I hate my I hate my job. <laughs> I, hate I don't, my job. Believe, don't, I don't believe in the product, and I hate I hate my subjects that I'm teaching. But you could you could take anything because we've seen these rock star motivators. We mm-hmm. don't have to use the word teacher because it could be anybody. Rock star motivators that can make a rock look like the most valuable, interesting, fascinating thing. Right. And they do. They're called geologists. Yes. Right. And they make it happen. And you could have something like really exciting subject matter. And it could it could be anything. If you were like teaching a movie class and every day you came in and you watched like the Marvel series. Sure. You could have some 
some teacher that is just like not inspiring and you're like dreading watching a movie yes. for a class. So we have music. And, you know, we have our our more niche things that we teach. Um, that's not the right word. Just more um, defined. That like word gets used a lot. These niche. Days. That's become more popular. It's not niche anymore. Niche is not niche. Right. Huh. The word, it, I mean, it seems like I, I hear it more and more. I'm sorry if I offended you just now. No. Okay. I always thought it was niche. Well, then you like start talking about Nietzsche, who is like the uh, like the nihilist guy, yeah. right? Philosopher. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Concert band, jazz band. <laughs> Pep band. Pep band. Orchestra, theory. And you can show your love for all those things individually. You can show it as a more global thing. But we need to show that we love music. Right. And, well, one, we do love music. And, two, it's I think it's natural for both of us to, like, we don't have to always try. To act like we like music. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And some, and, but there are some days we do because maybe what we're hearing in that room isn't really quite music that day, and then we've got to work a little harder to show our love. Right, and be a little bit more intentional about, about knowing our teaching. I do like music. It'd be interesting. Do I like teaching more or like music more? That's a, that's a good one to chew on, right? But I think um, I do... No, no, I don't think. I like music. I am attracted to playing my instrument. I'm attracted to finding out how to make certain sounds on my instruments, um, mainly saxophone and piano, and how to make those expressive qualities come to life, like maybe thoughts I have or um, the thoughts I have in my, my, in my head or how things should sound and then make those happen. And I enjoy like finding different um, little puzzles to, to to solve, like harmonically, like analyzing scores, and analyzing music that I listen to, and I, I do enjoy that. Enjoy finding out what other people do that makes them sound hip, and then finding out like reading about it or studying it and finding out why that worked. And you go through some YouTube rabbit holes, right? I do. Like I, I, on a daily basis, I just like I always go piano in, stuff scrolling. Yeah, and piano and gospel, jazz piano, jazz piano. And I come into your room, theory. like in the middle of a passing period or yeah. something. You're like, hey, hey, come here, listen to this. And then you start playing something <laughs> on the piano. And it's like nothing to do with what you were just teaching. It's right. just something you found right. on YouTube. You're like, check right. this out. Some chord turnaround. But then, like, kids will kind of like see like what you're looking at. And, and most of the time, it's like I'm barely hanging on with the. Uh, like the theory you're telling me so the kids i'm guessing it's over most of their heads some right, might be able to hang right. with it but they're still like kind of fascinated they are by by that process so but but that's like authentically you because you are bringing that to yourself you're saying like how can i figure this out how can i get better and and you you can apply it too like when you're playing at church right with your gospel piano but then you can take it in like a total music theory way or a piano performance yes. or jazz or whatever and show it to those yes. kids and they're like I don't know what you just said, but that sounds cool, and I believe you. Right. That's I, awesome. See, like, I'm really, here's a good geek side. There's a good geek out. It's been a couple of years since I taught AP Music Theory. Well, it's really raining. Huh? But it's, I taught it two years ago. You like, taught it the COVID hybrid year. Hybrid year. That was the last time I, mm. so this is, then there were two. It's like the precipice so of education. Three years. Yeah. 
so that was the last time I taught it. I taught it in the two years of COVID, and then it was kind of like every other year before that. Now it's back because our membership or numbers were up. And then as I'm getting my materials ready, and happy to say, like, oddly enough, COVID helped me organize a lot of my material right. digitally. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. all my information ready to go. Yeah, you made a bunch of videos, right? A bunch of videos. Um, yeah. I have, you know, help sessions already put out on YouTube. My assignments, my links, like everything is like done. And I finished all my Google slides. I mean, that's been done for years. So it's kind of fun looking to it. And then I'm thinking about the students that are going to be taking it and about how they're going to have a chance to geek out. Yeah. And that's what's kind of fun is for them to, you know, I, I don't know if I did this when you were in school, but I always like tell them that AP music theory is like a relationship and you're infatuated with somebody. Right. And you're like, I love you. I love you. You're the best ever. I'm going to love you forever. Right. That's like stage one of love infatuation. And that's like students or humans with music. And then you get to know that person you get to know the subject matter and then you realize you're like wow you're not quite as perfect as i thought you were you're actually human you actually have faults or you actually have things that drive me nuts right and like music you start to go oh my gosh that's complicated i what i don't even understand that what is happening and then you may get to a point where like i hate music this is awful like i just want to listen to something and have it sound wonderful i don't want to analyze everything but then, then when they start to figure that out and they come back through the other side and then they look back at the, the crop of things that they've analyzed and listened to, they're like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. I love you more than before, right? So taking them on that journey is probably, real. it is very gratifying for me because I can see myself in that. I can see myself of like, this is fun. This is complicated. I hate this. I'm going to stay away. Oh, wait, you're beautiful. You're awesome. I love you. End of story. Right? So it's fun taking. Now, students will drop off mentally or emotionally and stay longer in certain places. And I just have to make sure they get back to the hub at the end of the year. But I, I think there is a, um, I enjoy teaching that class specifically, even though it's not a performance class because we get to get our geek on that is like breeding grounds for geek yes it's it's great and you know the the thing about music theory is that it haunts you how's that you go to the grocery store no <laughs> i like, tell this to my music theory kids okay and you hear the pop songs on the radio and they're yeah. listening they're like oh, that's a minor second yeah exactly wait that was a major third yeah, wait yeah, stop yeah, stop yeah, get so out of my head get right. out of my head okay. and and that's something that like they because I've, I've told my kids a similar thing with the love-hate, but it, it sticks with you, and it's a gift and a curse because you want to shove it away at some points, but you want to welcome it into others. Um, but that, and everyone has listened to music for, for 15 years, 16 years by the time they enter high school, and their world just opens up, and yeah. they start hearing things yeah. differently, and they can see the, the notes moving in their head even though they're just listening to it, and that's that's like a huge thing for some of our kids and you get to see that and you get to create that and experience it with them and you, it's like you're reliving the first time that that was right. happening for you right. so isn't that the I'm, I'm thinking of different subject matters and 
different disciplines, isn't that kind of where everything gets to go? Like you get to geek out about science or you geek out about solving an equation and algebra or you get to geek out about physics or you geek out about art or geek out about strategy and sports. And like that was something that like brought you there. Right. And, and having those geek out moments are like addictive. And, and when you have a culture of a room or a group of people that geeks out together, yeah. it feeds on itself and yes. it, it creates like a, a sense of curiosity and like you want to dig and find right. more. And it makes me think too of like people in, in grade schools who are the, you know, amazing, there's some amazing teachers, I think, you know, especially I think of K12. Mm-hmm. And I could not do that. Yeah, I, it's fascinating. Like, cause <laughs> I like, but you're geeking out about the alphabet or <laughs> about adding whole numbers, but but uh, like being excited. Maybe you're not excited about saying the alphabet, but you're excited about a five or six year old learning to write this down and like how transformational that is like oh my gosh i just helped a six-year-old write the alphabet and they're writing these sounds out and so they're kind of geeking out on behalf of the students yes you get like teacher stuff on your like instagram search right i I get that stuff too and i there was a video of this teacher like with a bag like a ziploc baggie of water and she kept stabbing pencils through it you saw that that? and And she's like guys What's going to happen? Is it going to leak? Yeah. And I honestly, I don't really know what was going on, but it doesn't leak. It doesn't leak. But she stuck one in and she's like, okay, we stuck one in. <laughs> What's going to, and the kids are like just buying it and they're like, oh my God. <laughs> and she's, and I'm just looking at this. I'm like, what, what is, why is she stabbing the, what's she? Yeah. But she, she had him like right there right. and she's, of course she's going to like keep stabbing it. And I imagine the pen, the bag never leaks and the kids freak out. And then she takes him through the Y and, yeah. and and these kids are going to go home and remember that and talk to their parents about it that night right. from stabbing a baggie of water. Right. She was geeking out with the students or set them out to have that moment of like awe and wonder. Right. And, that, and that's kind of like the, the, the essence of teaching. Yes. Right. As, as, as helping flip a switch for students that they go, I want to do that. Yeah. Or that's cool. Right? Yes. I'm trying to think of how that goes across content across the out of the school building and into a airplane pilot or a plant manager or a pharmacist you know well all those people got at that career by i imagine by choice right right and then there's something that kind of stuck with them along the way like wow this is cool yeah and hopefully they do get to i mean i imagine like you know most um professions like they go through some training thing and even if you're not really a trainer you end up kind of taking somebody under your wing and like a new employee and and that's probably like their moment to geek out right yeah it's interesting i have a um older brother i have two older brothers but my oldest brother is a softball umpire and he started off doing umpiring through the travel leagues in the summer kind of as a side hustle and now it's like a full-time hustle and like he's doing d1 college and um does different festivals and um leagues tournaments through the summer but then will is like is um 
scheduling out for like February and March and April for next year of like D1 and he's getting into different conference tournaments and leagues and all this kind of stuff and he recently went to a clinic which was on the East Coast where it was he was on a team with three umps and then they would do their game and then part of the the registration fee of the whole this thing then they took you into a room and they went through every play with you and said this was good this was good this is not good this is why and wow. so they went through so he got to geek out oh that's cool on college softball umping you know so he's with some of the best instructors and some of the best knowledgeable people of the game and found his people and then they're like kind of geeking out like why was this a bad call what about was this controversial or oh, how do awesome. you handle this and so he's like into that what what does he do is he home plate first he, they, they rotate oh they all rotate they rotate so you oh. get to do everything okay so sometimes he's behind the plate and he's on the road all the time but he's calling games calling games but he's into his craft of how to um he loves the game he loves watching the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. He knows a lot about it, about the strategy, about the um, the inner workings of pitching and base running and coaching, and he sees all that. But then he has a job on the field, and he has to have tunnel vision for this. And I'm sure it's fascinating, you know, going out with the other umps after the game for something for a bite to eat and like reliving the game or maybe watching the game on TV. But he's kind talking of through. Sure, he's, he's talking the shop, right? He's geeking out about. How do you handle yourself on the field? That's good. That's, That's good. geeking out. That's geeking out. So there was a time in my life when I applied for my first job, okay? And it was down in southeastern Kentucky. And I had been through a number of, I had been through a number of, um, I was going to call them auditions. They're called interviews, Steve. I went through a number of interviews. And the, being um, teaching in Southern Kentucky, since I was not from there, I did not have a lot of contacts as I would have up in Northern Indiana. And so I applied for a lot of jobs, like general music teacher, guitar teacher, music director at a church, children's choir. You Dude, know. you teaching a children's choir? Yeah, that would be. Oh, I think that'd be. I think you'd be good at it. It'd be pretty fun. I don't know if we'd sing well, but, but yeah, you'd sing a tune. Time. Yeah. So we did all this, I did all these, and I would go to places that were very rural, and I would um, do the interviews, and people, basically, the thing, same thing would be like, well, you have no experience, and that's a whole different thing. I got upset about people telling me that. But I went in to this, my last interview that I had, because I got the job, and I went to this high school, and I sat down in a classroom, and there was the art teacher, there was the assistant principal, and the principal. And I remember this very clearly, and I interviewed with him. But before I went in, I was put in a secondary room. That, but the, I could still hear the interview going on to the guy in front of me. Okay, and <laughs> and I had seen this guy in other interviews, so we were kind of doing the same oh, trail, okay. right? Okay. And I still remember his name. I still remember his shtick, and I remember he got a job later on at a different place. But they said, well. Why do you think you would be a good music teacher? Right? And this person's response was, Well, I 
I love I love music. Like for an example, I was listening to the classical music station on the way to this interview. I was like, I got this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got, I got, I this. got this. I got, I got this. this. Wait, your your love of wanting to teach in the schools based on FM radio station, listening to classical music. And I was like, okay, I'm not buying your geek, dude. So I came in and I and I remember I was just like, okay, you got to put the hammer down. And they said, why should you get this job? And I go, I love the sound of marching band on Friday nights under the lights. I love the hot, sweaty gyms doing pep band. I love staying with kids after school and long school days and working. And I just was like, blah, 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 and they, I got the job. And there you're in. Yeah, I just, but I went all in and saying, this is what I love about it. And I kind of geeked out to them after trying to play the correct, polite, you know, theoretical game. I was just very geek with them. So And clearly that worked out for you. It worked out for me. you got the job. So, um, so the the ways that I geek out now it are that like th- this is like a very personal thing, and so like the kids don't see this, mm-hmm. and like you don't see it, like you, but you'd probably understand it. So like I have a play, I have a couple playlists that I frequent on my own phone that I've assembled, and one is. Um, gospel and I don't know how many tunes I have on that like 70 and a lot of them a lot of the tunes are things that we play at church and but I I find myself going through that playlist like almost every time I get in the car and I'm just constantly scanning through it on shuffle but I'm always I'm always looking for like I, I don't I'm not as concerned about the vocal quality I'm not as concerned about the style, but I'm really interested in the harmony. So I'm constantly flicking through and looking for that next rush of like harmonic it's lift. Like an addiction. I, I gotta like find I need a, it. I need it. Where's that sharp four? Come on, uh, come on, give me that flat that, nine. Come on, where, come on. Where's that five of six? Where's that <laughs> lift? You know, I'm constantly. I'm like, no, this one. And it really doesn't matter the style. Like if it's like something groovy out of the '70s, or if it's something that's like really well produced in the 2000s and it has synthesized horns. It's the it's the harmony. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, harmony. Harmony is like the the chord, the way the chords are put together in a path, and what we call chord progressions. And it's the way that the chords lead you to an, a, an expected place or to an unexpected Correct. place. And that's what's fun about studying chordal harmony. Is something it takes you to a, a destination that you know and love well, like the blues, or it takes you to a li- different alternate reality right and so i just find myself constantly like going through these tunes and waiting there yeah there it is there there it is there it is again okay that tune's over and the next tune and right. you're gonna try and figure out too like while you're listening you're like playing along like in yes your head, you're like okay that was a one going to a four okay four minor yes with the, not five in the bass okay yeah constantly all the time constantly. And you're, you probably can't even stop yourself no and it's and i feel it's it's bad because not bad but in in music my geek out is harmony yeah it's it's not the rhythm although i appreciate rhythm it's not melody although i love a good melody it's not lyrics i could not tell you the lyrics of more than two songs in the entire world i just that's just not my 
That's not your jam. That's not my jam. Now, when I'm at church and I'm playing, I have the words in front of me so I can, I know what's going on. But like with pop music, I'm not your guy. I'd be awful at playing trivia of like the lyrics of things. And some people can sing along to anything. Anything. Yeah. So that's, and then that goes to like the music that I prefer to program for the jazz band. A lot of it is rooted in the harmony. Yes. And it's that raw material that makes me like feel comfortable or excited about the ride. That was good. Right? Kind of went off there. That was that, that was, was good, good right? Yeah. I hope the kids listen to this. They need to know it's this. It's good. Yeah. And when I listen to wind ensemble or like concert band literature, there needs to be something in there that kind of gives my soul or ear a lift, like my dog Oliver turning <laughs> yeah. his ear when I say treat, and he goes, hmm? Uh, Good when, when I hear a certain sound that makes me feel like physically different, right? I've been Physi- there, yeah. Right? Like music can change how you physically feel, and it it, it pr- produces like a certain feeling, and, it, and then you kind of are interested in why that's happening. And if you don't know what this is, right. do yourself a favor. We're going to go music-centric. Okay. Google right now, secondary dominant, five of six. Just type in those words, hit, find something on YouTube, and you're going to go, oh. It's going to make you sit up straighter in your chair. Okay. It's going to so make you feel good. five of six. six. Five of six. Okay. And go, go check find, it out. Yep. So... That that's a big part of my my geeking out, and I I think I do share that a lot with the jazz students. Mm-hmm. Something that is where the ear is leading you, and it feels good to go home. And sometimes where the ear leads you, and you're like, I didn't know I got here. And um, helping them understand that's happening in the music, and then for some of the students will grab on when I'll say this is why it's happening or how it's happening and then not everybody can hang out on that but some students will yes and they'll appreciate that and then those students are the ones that go home and like find more of that stuff and email you at 2 a.m. right because you've had that happen check this out check Check this this out right so you you are constantly geeking out to your kids especially for jazz bands yes and the kids are reacting to that. Yes. And specifically those that can hang with that. I mean, that's honestly college level, if not like third or fourth year college level content. Mm-hmm. And they can hang with that. And then they're shooting you stuff back. And you're creating this culture of like, I want to figure this out. Yeah. And you're modeling that and, and you're showing that it's okay. And that it's like healthy and good and desirable to geek out about stuff you're passionate in. Yes. Because so many kids... And maybe some adults too, like feel too uptight that they're like, "Oh, it's not cool to like be into something and feel good about." It. No, like get yeah. in there, right? And, and we got to teach the kids that they it's okay and it's good and and to follow a passion, it, it, they have to because that is so gratifying because you're you're gonna be like 30, 30 years into your profession and yes. going down a YouTube rabbit hole, right? Right. It's it's still hip, it's still hip to do that. And I think since we're talking about love of content, so that is squarely what we've been talking about mm-hmm. is that, that spur of the trifecta, but how that leads into love of teaching and then love of students 
but knowing your students yes. and knowing your teaching and that 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 love of content can kind of swing to the other two tangents and and that's authentic and it's, it's like it homegrown it is that's good that's my hot take hot that's good that's good harmony guy harmony guy i'm a harmony guy you are harmony we've guy. known that okay okay what do you got jack what's your geek I, I've been thinking about this, and I have a couple different paths I can go. Um, I'm going to start with guitar. Yep. Trumpet is my first love. It's where I started. Mm -hmm. But I started picking up guitar like my sophomore year of high school, just trying mm -hmm. to figure it out. And I, I'm self-taught, so I probably have so many bad habits that I don't even know I'm doing. But I was not self-taught as a musician, so I can kind of apply that stuff. Um, so I, I enjoy writing music. I enjoy like the, the pop stuff. Don't tell Steve. With lyrics, with dude, I get into lyrics. I'm I am a sucker for a good line, sucker. Wow, I know, it's that's a, good. It, it I enjoy it, but I do enjoy the harmony stuff and like coming up with chord progressions. But um, my my newer thing is that I I try to learn solos, like guitar solos, and I, I don't go for like the big ones and I don't look up tabs. I don't look up anything. I try and do it all by ear. And tabs is like a little system that cheat, could cheat. a cheater yeah that you can look at and see a visual aid on where to put your fingers but um i like to think that i have a good ear and i can hear music pretty well and understand what how it should be played mm -hmm. and and it's kind of like my own little game or test or whatever is is can i listen to this and learn it um and i like to record myself playing and see my progress and see like how i'm getting better and what i need to do differently but that's something i do like often at home and I, I set my guitar next to my computer and I have it so I, I play through the computer and so anytime I'm on the computer the guitar is like readily available and it gets me going and I will play out to a jam track I'll learn a solo I'll do something but I'm trying to get better at guitar and yes that's music no it's not really my day job but yes it applies in ways to my day job that is not electric guitar it makes me a better listener it makes me a better musician it makes me hear more makes me better with my rhythm because I don't think I have a good sense of time. Mm -hmm. Someday I will. Someday I will. Because you're you're trying to play, like you just told me before we started recording that you were looking at the music of Guns N' Roses, like the guitar player Slash. Slash. And so like keeping up with his sense of rhythm, like you're trying to play exactly what Slash Exactly is what Slash and is you're not And you're not looking at somebody else's writing and music. You're using your ears, what you said, and then you're absorbing the the phrasing like the the musical sentence structure and the pacing and the timing of what slash has to offer correct and i if there are students listening let me tell you about this great thing i finally discovered about my third year of teaching called the metronome fascinating fascinating for those of you listening don't know what a metronome is it's it keeps time steady beat steady pulse and it, if you use one as a musician it helps you create a steady pulse yes I never used one until I'm in a professional, and I've wasted all of these years, and now I know why I have bad time, because I never used you that. I know, I know. So any student listening, as coming from a regretful band director, please use a metronome. Memoirs from the past. Regrets. <laughs> so I, I, I slow it down and practice it with a metronome. I know how to practice well, because that is my day job, is teaching kids how to practice and, and working through something systemically and getting better at it. And, and 
then when I think I have it, I, I play it with the metronome, I make it faster so that it's at the same speed that Slash played it, and then I play it with the recording. And then I take a video of myself. Mm -hmm. And when I have a video of myself playing what that musician played, and, and right now I'm working on Slash, that's like a trophy to me. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I did that. I can play that. And that feeling is so gratifying, of like that sense of accomplishment, and then I can go back and look at it. And I think that that's like the love of the content that mm -hmm. I want to be able to give to the kids mm -hmm. is like when you worked for something mm -hmm. and you've done it well the and achievement. You, the achievement, it's like huge. And you have the trophy of being able to play it. Yep. That's huge. So that's like something I'm doing at home that has nothing really to do with band other than it's music, but I, I enjoy it. And, and the teaching process of getting better at something and, and enjoying the ride along the way. Because it is a grind. I was going to say, because you probably have plenty of bad takes. Plenty. Like, I, and before you, like I hours. know sometimes you put them on as reels, and I see them on your personal Instagram, and there's something well-polished, like you did a lot of those during the pandemic. Yes. And, and, but before that trophy presentation, there were a ton and ton, a ton of slowing it down, redoing it, recording, messing up, starting over, metronome all this kind of stuff. And that is the biggest time of my life that I lose all sense of minutes. I could be in, in a room doing that for two hours and I would never know. That's great. It is great. And I, I think that that's like really valuable. And I, I do want to give that skill away. I want to give that love away to my kids. Mm -hmm. So that's something I do personally. Um, in the classroom, we started doing this last year. And I think this was one kind of funny, but two, it actually worked out pretty well is that I started writing tunes for our concert band. <laughs> <Blast>. <laughs> um, we have, um, it, in our school year calendar, we do our final concert, and then we have about three weeks left of school, right? Right. So we have some things we need to do in the school year at the end, specifically with inventory and kind of final check-ins with kids. Mm -hmm. But we find ourselves um, looking for things to do while not wasting time. Wanting to have, like, still have rehearsal. Yeah. But also not just to have, a, like, a throwaway. Right. right. And so... So Jack came up with this great idea. So Steve has all these stories that he's accumulated, and eventually one of them are... You know what? We should we should put one on there today and, like, set the stage, right? Okay. Get a story in there, because this does go into content. Okay. So we have three tunes we wrote, and you can, you know, pick which one you want to go to. You have to. to tell me the title so I can remember. I will. Remember. The first one was Spinny Chair Blues. <laughs> he's, already, he's already giggly, smiley. He's just happy. Uh. Spinny Chair Blues. Um, the next one, um, Ode to Houston. Yes. And the final one, Fanfare for Big Boy Pants. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So the idea was what? What's the premise? This, so this, this was is, this is good. This is a I don't know if we could ever market this, but I think that the concept is great for the last three weeks of school. It is. It is good. Um, so I, I found myself um, trying to figure out stuff to do. And Steve has these stories and each each of those three things are like a story specific to Steve's <laughs> life. And they're they're kind of cult classics in our in our program and the kids like kind of know them and they've heard them and they want to hear them again every year so i decided we need to just write a tune <laughs> to each one and i i you know with technology it's it's not too time consuming to put together like a, a one and a half to two minute piece of music for a band right 
and with the beauty of copy and paste in, in certain parts, you can kind of get things going. So I would take about 30 to 40 minutes of my prep and use that as a challenge and use that as a challenge for me personally right. and this is like me geeking out like I like writing music right. so I'm gonna try and come up with the melody come up with a chord progression and just like throw it out on a finale file that's the program we use for writing music and see what I can do in about 40 minutes and so we have like we had about 35 students in our band brass and woodwind so he could write all these parts so probably and, about 10 10 or 12 specific parts right, for the instruments and, and write it um, age appropriate as far as like technical and musical ability right and something they could be successful with and then do the actual like <laughs> editing and printing and all that so it, it turned out to be pretty fun and the kid <laughs> I think the kids thought it was funny and and the the beauty of it and the lesson plan is that we can pull these back out this year oh, at the end of this already, year they're and they're already, already sniffing it out they're like can we play big boy paint yeah. right so so that's what we did so just to give you a glimpse into our content I will now pass the proverbial okay. mic. So what was Steve. the Big Boy Pants song called? Fanfare for Big Boy Pants. Okay, fanfare. Okay, so the idea with that one is, and I, I had told this story like long ago, like when you were in high school. Correct. Because, yeah, I can totally remember being on a jazz band retreat and telling you guys the story. And you guys <laughs> and you guys were like besides yourself, like laughing. But the story was me going into seventh grade and going back to school shopping, right? And I had always grown up like K through six my mom always chose to buy pants for me that were jeans but not really jeans but they were from the company the store called Sears and the brand was called Tough Skins. Is Sears still even around? Sears has really taken a hit like I don't think Sears no I don't know it's called Fears now it's Fears it's so their pants you know, their motto is like, your knees will wear out before these <laughs> pants do. Because they had these massive patches on the backside of the, quote, denim. And they were like blues and purples and blacks and browns and all these colors. And so they were like um, faux jeans, right? They're like little kid jeans. And up until 12 years old, that's what I wore. And then my mom... Sue Peterson, Sue Peterson <laughs> who's a wonderful mom, mom, if you're listening, shout out to you, took me back to school. And I've told her this story. Oh, and she sure. goes, Steve, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> and she, and uh, we went to this department store, and there was a, where I spent my summers with my grandparents, there was a girl who was a couple years early, um, older than me that used to hang out there. She was a cute. I was I thought she was very cute and I had a crush on and she was out of my league. Right? She was in more interested in my brother, sorry. Right? Steve. Sorry. But was thought she was really cute and of course didn't really talk to her and she thought of me more like a little brother. So it was that kind of like awkward sure. relationship, you know, when our grandparents were neighbors and so so we go shopping at this little store called Paul's Department Store in Cassopolis, nice Michigan. Fashionista boutique. Yeah, yeah, just like <laughs> Paul's Department right, Store. Paul's Department Store, Cassopolis, Michigan. And so my mom and we're, she said, Steve, we're going to buy some different pants today. Like you can get, buy some Wranglers, right? Were the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wranglers, yeah. Wranglers. or possibly Levi's, Ooh. right? And so I go in there with my mom. We're, sh you know, trying on school clothes, doing all this time, doing all this stuff. And who walks in but said girl walks in, neighbor walks in. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. 
and she walks in with her grandfather. And I was like, oh Steve's gosh. going in to hide in those little like racks like, of clothes. Oh He's like, oh, get away, mom, get away. I was like Homer, Homer Simpson in that scene. <laughs> right? Just like go backing back into, the back into the bushes. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And her name was Jill. And I was like, oh, Lord, just. Oh. And so she, they, our families meet. And my mom goes, hi, Jill. And I was like, and she goes, hi, Mrs. Peterson. And I go, and she go, and I said hi Jill. And she goes hi Steve, and you know, it's just like one of these awkward things. And my mom says, "Well, Jill, what are you doing here?" She goes, "Well, my grandfather's taking me back to school shopping." Well, that's great. And then Jill says to my mom, "And what are you doing?" And then my mom says, without even consulting me, she goes, "We're taking Steve to buy some big boy pants." <laughs> just let that just dagger let that... sink in. Deeper. We're going to let Steve buy some big boy pants. And Jill says. She goes, oh, big boy pants. Wonderful. And Steve is already out the door running about I back am to just the car like, and locking himself in. Can we have a zombie apocalypse start <laughs> at any moment? Because there she is, the cutie on the shore who I had a crush on. She's looking at me like, hmm, big boy pants. And I'm sitting there in my Wranglers, you know, and my 12-year-old <laughs> gut is pooching out, you know. Uh, like, And that was horrifying, right? That was like the uh, uh, big boy pants. That's you know? big boy pants. That's big boy pants. So that that story has been told through the um, years in my family, and then it's been told through the years with the band. And so Jack right, wrote a song called Man for, for Big Boy Pants. So what that gave us an opportunity to do is take, we're not geeking out about big boy pants, but the idea is that we're taking something, a time of school year where we had time, brought in something, a little sidecar, a little vehicle, a funny humility or humiliating story right self-deprecating in a in a you know a flashback into mr peterson's younger days which i think students enjoy kind of correct getting well especially about like the romantic intro, right, like right. that little three seconds of like seeing that that's they get that right um but the 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 geek out is that we're like I do enjoy writing music, and and it does say like Mr. Hinkle at the top yes, of, the top of the page or whatever, and yes. so they're seeing that like oh yes. he likes doing this stuff. Yes, he's taking time to do this, right. and and that's not like I'm giving that to them like I I deserve like some sort of um, like acknowledge. No, I don't need to be acknowledged. It's just like let's take this time that we have and let's do something productive and fun. Yes, and. The older kids in that band, which there aren't, there weren't a ton, no. but some of them already knew about Big Boy Pants, so they were kind of sniffing that out. Those like, right. oh, let's see. Yeah, and yeah. now, of course, when we play that again next year, yeah. that's going to be like right. Concord lore right. that they're like, oh, can we play right. Big Boy Pants? And I think also another byproduct is it kind of gets you and I have a rapport um, as directors in the class, and they see that kind of collaboration. Right between you and me, right? Yes, between yes. the two of us, geeking out. You know, Mr. Mr. Peterson's you know um, contribution was that story, but just the idea like that we had kind of thought about this and like you know worked through some details about like putting this out as a you know rather than showing a movie in the last week of class, like doing something like that. And we're excited about it because right. well, I, this is sure. probably the 
fourteenth time I've heard that story. Yes. Like literally live right, right now. Right, right. And I'm still excited <laughs> for the punchline. I don't know why. I know what it is. It's the same punchline all fourteen times. But I there's something about yeah. the story yeah, that yeah, you yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's so funny. And it gets better every time you hear it because you're in. <laughs> like you're in on it. And so so I'm like kind of going into that class with a little bit of a buzz myself because right. I'm you like, this is going to be story. funny. And I want them to hear you it. You want to hear the story. And, and right. I want to get going. So that's like, that's fun. That's fun. Um, so that was kind of like a, a glimpse into the the concert band side. Um, and we, we did talk a little bit about about the jazz side. Are we missing any other key, key points for geeking out? <sighs> I think the way we approach our classes is that we're always in, interested in what we're teaching. I, I do too. I, I, I think like, even even this week, like in marching band, I am applying some things to specific clarinet with specific clarinet concepts that I that I learned about listening to a different podcast. Just like in the in the weeks before, mm-hmm. and just kind of like in the in the idea of like continuing education, sure, you know, and that I still find that interesting to read about best practices of other music teachers and other band directors, and so I just told the students about that, like where it came from, and it's like, hey, let's try these techniques, let's try this for a week and see what happens, sure, right, um, and to kind of keep it, you know, in line with like that we're always chasing to do better. I think the other thing about us showing this sense of geeking out has a, a further purpose than it's okay to geek out. Um, I used you as a positive example in one of my classes. I hope this was okay, but I know some kids, I think this wasn't, this wasn't this year. It was, okay. it was last okay. year, but some kids were just, I mean, it was like late, you know, it's 2 yep. PM and it's the end of the school year and kids are kind of tired. Yeah. And I said to him, like, I said, have you ever seen Mr. Peterson tired? And they're like, well, you know, marching band at like 9 p.m. I'm like, no, stop, 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 stop. We're not talking about that. I'm saying, has he ever like approached you and been like low energy? And they're like, no. I was like, do you ever think he's low energy? And they're like, I don't know, probably. And I was like, like, will you just pick up what I'm putting down? Come on. And I was like, no. The dude goes to bed at 8 p.m. Like, I was like, I, no. Okay. Do you think Mr. Peterson is tired in his life? Ever. Yes. Okay. Do you think he might sometimes be tired when he's teaching? I don't know. Maybe. But do you ever see it? No. Oh. Okay. There we go. There we go. So you're telling... So so Mr. Peterson's like making a choice? Like he's choosing to like... And they're like, yeah, I guess, I guess he is oh, choosing to like be like awake and alert. And... And yes, that's a choice for Steve to like be awake and alert. But you're always driven by what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. the the geeking out it gives you energy. Yeah, it does. And we've seen students be low energy mm-hmm. most days, and we want to give them something, some sort of gasoline for for their vehicle. And hopefully, it is like a nice car that right. they enjoy being in, not their dad's beat up Honda yes. from '98. So <clears throat> we're modeling that sense of excitement when we come in to do our job but we want that feedback from them and we're modeling it so they can give that back to us because if we can get a hundred percent like high energy from the kids yes that's a big day and our older kids have a little more self-awareness and we talked about self-awareness last week and they can like sometimes make that happen like 
and we can think of students from the years past that are always like the, the Labrador up and, and looking at you and like, yes. what do you need? But oftentimes, especially with younger kids, they're, they're not. And being able to one model that, and they don't even have to know that's like kind of like our, our backdoor purpose, mm -hmm. but to just set that as like the standard is that we're going to approach everything from like high energy and I dig this, I dig you, let's get it going. Right. Right. That's well, thank you for saying that. That's, yeah. that's good. The, and that goes back to another, you know, line of like, you always have a choice and like do. presenting that energy and seeing where that takes you. Right. And, and tomorrow will be a good test of that for, for the kids <laughs> as we roll into school at, 5:45 a.m. because I know I can I can see it happening. You and I oh, are yeah, sitting. Yeah, you and yeah, I will be yeah, sitting yeah. in the entrance door yeah. floor. We're gonna say, "Hey, good morning. How you doing?" And the kids are gonna go go walk in and go, "I'm tired. I'm tired. Need anything?" Oh. And we're gonna go, oh, "I'm sorry. <laughs> go in the band room and have a <laughs> seat." <laughs> but but it's the same lesson plan every, every year. year. Right, right. And 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 you know, obviously, we were there earlier. I'm guessing we're getting less sleep because we're we have to be in the school about like half an hour before the kids. Right. And they could walk in at 5:44 right. and be on time with right. their pil pillow pet or whatever those things are called. Right. And just make it work, but but that's like that's something that that's a skill that we've yeah. worked at. Bringing that energy, yes, bringing the energy, and we do sometimes try and model that. So um, that that's I, I, that feels kind of funny for casting that for tomorrow, but that's what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll come back and let you know how that went. But uh, <laughs> it's like yeah, the choice or yeah, sense of there's a lot of stuff there like self awareness yes. and choices and you know your your role in all of this and and loving your content tomorrow right. the content is cedar point i mean come on when, Woo, let's, let's go let's go coaster it up baby let's get those two rides in <laughs> get my uh, the head grande black <laughs> coffee in and lesson plan so we're at the point in the show where i'm gonna f make a friendly reminder to follow us on apple podcasts or on spotify or both if you're cool both under uh, Chops Podcast. You can also find us on TikTok and you can find us on Instagram at Chops underscore podcast. And that was where there's some fresh content a couple times a week, previewing um, some content that we have coming up. Jack does a great job of um, editing that and giving you some fun little snippets about upcoming episodes. And again, we always appreciate your feedback, appreciate you following our, our, our channels or our podcast and we appreciate any feedback by giving us a five-star rating or whatever you think is appropriate and some uh, feedback by typing in some words about what you think and we have gotten some emails from listeners and we certainly appreciate that and we're interested in geeking out and trying to do better we are we're all about that and um thank you to the listeners because the we we do kind of get into looking at the uh analytics, analytics yes. seeing what's going on and it's encouraging, it and, and we like to see that people are, are listening, and the play count keeps going up. Um, obviously, it can't go down. It's a good thing about listening. It's a good thing about listening. So, thank you very much for joining us this week. Yes, it's been uh, good. So, for Steve Peterson and Jack Inkle, we're out of here. Thank you. Yep.